Hey guys, it's your girl Mala. And it's your girl Rini, and you're tuned into Big Chat with Mala and Rini. Hey y'all, welcome back to Big Chat with Mala and Rini. Hey y'all. So, of course, we are continuing the celebration of Caribbean American Heritage Month. Yeah. And this week, we are going to be talking about Caribbean revolutionaries, you know, the bad gal and the bad man them. The ones who, before us, were like, nah, we ain't dealing with that. We standing up for our people. We want our people to, to live just as well as your people. We have a few, we have a few of them, like, from slavery time, of course, because as we know, we come from a people that are very strong-willed, determined, and know their worth. And they were like, nah, we ain't, we don't want to be your slaves. We don't want to work for less than, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Um... I know for me, I really didn't learn about any of these people in school until I went to college, right? I still didn't learn about them. But go ahead. And but and that's what I was just about <laughs> to say. And even when I was in college, I learned about the um, black American revolutionaries you know what i'm saying the ones who were born in america or the ones who were born in africa but i never really knew about the ones from the caribbean of course you hear about marcus garvey yep all the time you know i didn't know that malcolm x's mother was from grenada until i watched his movie you know it's like stuff like that you don't really get that information until I feel like until you're old enough to search for that information yourself. You just really have to dig for it. It feels like we're forever on this hunt for our history. And right. that goes for like African-Americans as well as Caribbean-Americans or however you want to call yourself. Right. Right. So... I'm just going to jump into it. I'm about to give Rini a little history lesson because she says she doesn't know. And I thank you. <laughs> All right. So during my research, you know, there was more information than I expected. And I guess that's what, you know, the revolution of the Internet and a lot of the databases that you would have to go to your libraries to look this information up are now online. So I got my information from that. And I also got my information from an Instagram page called Know Your Caribbean. I love that page. I have my notifications on for that page. Um, the, the owner of that page, she's St. Lucian, but she's located in the UK. So she doesn't, it's not like she has stuff here in the U.S., which is fine. You know, maybe I might have to link with her. Maybe we could start a, a New York-based, New York Caribbean community. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun, actually. It would be a lot of fun, but I'd have to figure out the timing for that. 
Facts. But I'll definitely, I might, I might take, say, you know, I might link her something and see if we could do something, do a little collaboration. But her page was very informative and helped me with a lot of information, you know, because yeah, the databases say one thing, but you know, she has actually done extensive research for a lot of stuff. And she doesn't just focus on um, information from St. Lucia because that is where she's from. That's where her family is from. She gives you information from the whole Caribbean diaspora. I mean, even from like countries in Central America and South America, like she does not exclude anyone. And I'm grateful for that. And I love her page. So if you're ever on, not if you're ever on Instagram, if you are on Instagram and you want to get to, you know, see this information and know more about certain things, you can follow her page. It's called No K-N-O-W, your Y-O-U-R, Caribbean, C-A-R-I-B-B-E-A-N. All one word. Awesome page. page. I also follow it. Very informative. Very. And her content is quirky and fun too. Yes. She's got a couple stuff on there. It's yes. Nice. So everybody should go and follow her for real. For real. Um, okay, so with that being said, I'm gonna start off with one of Antigua's own Prince Class. Have you heard of him, Shereen? Who no? Okay. He is a national hero of Antigua. You must ask Franklin. Franklin's supposed to know these things too. I bet you he won't. (laughs) (laughs) But he was, he's from um, what is now known as Ghana in Africa. That is where um, Prince Class is from. His African name, I believe, is Kwabu, I believe. I might I'm I may be saying it wrong. I, I have no idea. But he he of course he rose in rank, you know, in the slave, I guess, pyramid. I didn't know that they had like ranks, but I guess he was like a head slave at the time. Oh, okay. And how he he was gonna start a revolt. Cause he wanted, he was like, nah, I'm not dealing with this. Like, I'm not a slave. Like, I am of royalty. Why would I want to be enslaved? Right. So he performed this ceremonial war dance, and of course, you know the white people, they don't know what he's doing. He to them, he was just dancing. You know, to the Africans who were on the island for however many years now, you know, born into slavery, they don't know of that tradition anymore, right? Right. So he's doing this dance, but the Africans who know of the war dance and who are from the area, they know that it's a dance done by like a head chief or head, you know, like, yeah, the head chief Mm -hmm. of a tribe. And once that dance is done, then they're like, Okay, they took like blood oaths where they drank blood and stuff like that because this is them like signifying, okay, we're with you. We're down for this revolt. We're going to get it done, right? Mm. Unfortunately, one of our own ratted him out. 
And because the, the masters were afraid, they had him die by the spinning wheel, I believe it's called. So they basically put your body on this wheel and they stretch you as far as they can. Oh, okay, okay. Like having him uh, drawn and quartered, but without the horses. Right. All right. But I have him down as being a revolutionary because at the end of the day, he he knew he knew that he didn't want these conditions for himself and he didn't want it for his people. And in order to organize his people, he knew that this dance would bring those who knew what it was together. Right. Without actually having to sit down and plot anything out. You know what I'm saying? So he used what he knew from his life in Ghana and brought it to Antigua and was like, yo, I'm going to do this dance real quick for my people so that they know when I'm done with this, we're going to go to the back, we're going to do what we do, and then later that night, we're going to revolt. Even though it was cut short, he had a plan. And that's why he is on this list. And of course, it's Antigua, my people. That is super interesting. You ever have to think like what would have happened if people didn't run their mouths? Right. Like certain revolts or certain like revolutions were allowed to happen. Right. How things would be different. So now that you mentioned that, that brings me to another revolutionary during the slavery time. Her name is Maria and she's Maria of Curacao. That is how she's being known as. Because of course, you know, we didn't have any last names back then. Right. So she worked on a plantation. The master of that plantation murdered her husband. She was like, oh, yeah, you took my man. Boom. We killing all of y'all. <laughs> I'm this, just, I'm, I'm saying it how I think that they would have said it if it was now, right? French. <laughs> was this in, in Louisiana? No, this was in Curacao. Huh. There is a story, um, and I think that it's in Louisiana, of a, a woman by the same name, Maria, and they made it into um, the American Horror Stories. I don't know if you've ever watched American Horror Stories. I did. Mm -hmm. They have one. Uh, darn it. There's one. Coven. That, like, yeah, the Coven. Yeah, yeah. Where Angela Bassett played the, uh, the voodoo, like, Yes, yeah, that, that story or the storyline there is actually based on a slave whose husband was killed by the woman played by um, what's the other lady's name that was in misery? I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah I watched that whole season. Yeah, yeah. so that to story be honest, is actually based on a true story, right? About a really horrible slave owner who did kill her husband and she ended up like cursing the lady and all this other stuff. But yeah, the story is based and, and when you started talking, I'm like, yo, this sounds a lot like that same story. Oh, well, no, but let me, let me get into it. Let me get into get it. it. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. All right. So like you said, why is it that, you know, our people are the ones that rat us out? So Maria of Curacao, you know, while she was alive, this is during her time, slavery was still, like, big. It was happening. So the slave ships was just coming in, right? 
she knew that she couldn't gather the slaves who were born on island. She couldn't gather them because they weren't loyal to the cause. They were so basically it's like, okay, this is our lives. This is what we have to go through. They were already broken. Right. The newly, the ones that just came, the newly trafficked in slaves, these are the ones that she knew would revolt. So these are the ones she were the ones that fed them. Like her job was to feed them. So she would feed them. She would talk to them and stuff like that. That's who she gathered up. And they, they, the revolt started. The revolt started. They killed the master that killed her husband and they killed his wife. And they were on the way to kill the rest of the slave owners on the island. Now, what happened was two of them got caught. A woman and a man. The man was, they said he was her lover, but she could have probably just seduced him. Who knows? But they weren't talking at all. Like they were not trying to give her up until they started torturing them and of course human like you're human there's but so much you can take right so i guess they got to their breaking point and they're just like it was this woman x y and z right Mm -hmm. they got her it was her and about 13 other um, men and women that they got um all of them were killed but she would not confess. Like, she was like, in her head, she probably was like, y'all gonna torture me because y'all already took my man and who I needed to die already died. So it is what it is. And she already knew they was gonna kill her anyway, so... Right. And they tortured this lady until she died. And she did not confess nothing. Nothing at all. She was like, nope, not doing it. I don't care. I'm not doing it. No, no, and no again. So I feel like that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? The slaves who were here, like you said, they've already been broken in. So to them, these new Africans coming in all looked at like, like they might why the, right? Like y'all are coming here to just make mischief, and now. <sighs> My life is going to be turned upside down. And I don't feel like my life being turned upside down. I don't get beat. I don't want to get beat for you. You know what I'm saying? And she's on our list because one, love is a strong, strong emotion. Because she had to love the hell out of that husband to risk her life in the lives of all them other slaves to want to kill the slave owner, his wife, and all the other slave owners on island. Yep. I feel like love and hate. That's why uh, they're, they're like two sides of the same coin. Right. You can literally like hate someone so much that you would do things that would even hurt you for to hurt that person or you can love a person so much that you can do things again that could hurt you for that person. So it's like, it's crazy. Like, I don't, I don't know how there weren't, I mean, I do know how there weren't more revolutions or revolts mm-hmm. because they literally or that, that emotion from people. Like you would have kids, you raise your kids for a couple of years. They would decide, okay, I'm gonna sell your kids. Like what? Right. 
right and sell your brothers and sisters sell you know people that you loved Mm -hmm. that tactic is ruthless that's one and I feel like I feel like a lot of people today hear black people because they do not want what was done to black people to be done to them because they feel like that's what we're out for like we want to turn tables and do I'm like who first of all I don't really know if we have the energy to really waste on people right like I'm not gonna spend my time to try to put you in misery because you did it to me like you're giving me less credit than you like that's something you would do don't think mm-hmm. that that's what I'm you know what I mean right right yeah I'd be thinking about like yo I already know like if I went back in time I probably couldn't be a slave but I'd have to go back yeah in with this same like mentality or being but I just like I, I can't do this I can't do this with y'all that's how I feel I feel like I'm just like I can't do this like from the first crack of the whip I'd be like nah kill me because this is not going this is not it I don't I'm sorry like I would be one of those people that would be on the ship that would take a flying leap right because it's just like if you have me in chains chained up to people in my feces and my urine and all that stuff in the bottom of a ship I can't think Mm -hmm. you anything good for me when we get to land right first chance I'm going but man listen out and that brings me to another Caribbean bad man that's what I'm gonna call him Bad man forward, bad man pull up. Yes, man a bad man, man a bad man. <laughs> no, but this man, um, he's from Haiti. His name is Bookman, right? Okay. Um, so he got the name Book, like it's supposed to be like Bookman because he knew how to read. Uh-huh. And he was teaching enslaved people how to read. And... um. At the the start of the Haitian Revolution, he gave a speech, and it said that his speech was like what catapulted the whole Haitian Revolution. Like he gave that speech and was like, "Yes, like we are going to take up arms and fight for our land, fight for our people." Right. Right. Um. There's an excerpt. This is what they said. He said. I don't want to be quoting and saying like, yes, that's what he said. No. It is said that these are the words he spoke. I don't know. So, sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that. So, this is what he said. The God who created the earth, who created the sun, that gives us light, the God who holds up the ocean, who makes the thunder roar, our God who has ears to hear, you who are hidden in the clouds, who watches from where you are, you see all that the white has made us suffer. The white man's God asks him to commit crimes, but the God within us wants to do good. Our God, who is so good, so just, He orders us to revenge our wrongs. It's he who will direct direct our arms and bring us the victory. It's he who will assist us. We all should throw away the image of the white man's God who is so 
pitiless. Listen to the voice for liberty that sings in all our hearts. Let me tell you something. If I heard that, man, listen. (laughs) I would be right with you. Right with him. Like, yes, yes. My God is not this God. It can't be. You know what I'm saying? No way. If there is no way that our gods are the same gods, and you cannot teach me that. Yeah, you can't teach me that my God wants this for me and wants this for you. Like, he want me to suffer and he want you to be rich and like profiting off my suffering nah I don't feel like that right and I'm I'm not getting anything out of it yeah that don't add up that not making no sense to me that don't add up and I'm not getting anything out of it Haiti is one of those places that I anytime that I hear about their history and even sometimes hearing about you know their present story Mm -hmm. it's like they really got the raw end of the deal bro and I can't like they fought, they fought tooth and nail, and they did triumph. But France, boy, France, they just crushed them. France they literally said, crushed. France said, them. "All right, y'all won, but pay me what? Pay you? Right? I wouldn't be paying them squat. Di- you pay you? Nah, be nope. Right? And it's funny because we've been paying like America." or whomever have been paying reparations to even a lot of families in Europe when they lost money from the closing down of the uh, the Indian trade company or whatever they had going on. Mm-hmm. And that just stopped being paid like maybe six years ago. If that. Girl. And I'm like, like you said, if that. They still pay and they paying all kinds of like Jewish people. They're paying. They paying everybody but us. But the black people. Paying everybody except the people that they enslaved and made work for nothing, tortured, murdered, still murdering, still torturing. Right. And they find it real hard to just loosen their grip on their on their coins for reparations or just shit. They don't even want to say sorry. Man, the so, money that our our ancestors are owed would be in the millions right now. Trillions. Just, just go straight to trillions. It at is ridiculous. At least in the billions. Because so with that families, said... These families are wealthy, okay? Okay, so with that said, I want to talk about one Caribbean bad gal, right? Yes. Boom. So... <laughs> no, not Rihanna, not Rihanna. So, we did Curacao, Antigua, Haiti, whatever, right? Yep. So now Danish West Indies, we don't really talk about that. Danish West Indies, um, that is what is now called the U.S. Virgin Islands. So that is the islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. St. Thomas being the larger of the three, right? Okay. Okay. So during the Danish occupation of these islands, let's call it what it is, right? There was a slave insurrection. Right? right, and the leader of that insurrection was a woman named Brefu. B R E F F U. Right, nobody well even close to that, but she named Buffalo. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> Caribbean bad gal. You never know. Maybe that's why she took on that name. Maybe. So 
this was during the Danish reign, which was during like the 1700s, around 1730s, 1740s, around there, right? Mm-hmm. My gal pick up with your people and them and was like, nope, I'm not doing it. Had her master, her master was killed, him and his wife. Wah, wah, wah. She killed them. Like, fuck y'all. I'm killing them. I'm I'm taking this over. So she was the one that took up arms. She killed her master, took all of their ammunition, their gun, gunpowder, all of that, gave it to the other slaves, and they just went on a rampage and they started killing um all kinds of plantation owners, right? Mm-hmm. The Danish basically didn't know what the hell to do. So they basically like took over the island and it is considered to be like the longest slave revolt in North American history. Because like they took over and the Danes couldn't like get back on their feet. It was hard for them to play catch up basically until the French helped them out. Freaking French every time, boy. Right. But guess what? When the French, this was only probably like a year, year and a half around there, right? Mm-hmm. When the French and the Danes came back, Breffel and her people was like, nah, son, we not going back into slavery. Her and 23 other peoples, they committed suicide. That's right. They was like, no, I them to be a part of slavery ever again. Ever. Sounds like my kind of woman. And I mean, a lot of our ancestors, they did that. Well, let me not say our ancestors because we are, you know, the descendants of the ancestors that survived. But a lot of the people who came along with our ancestors they were just like, no, I'm not, I don't know where I'm going. Y'all got me on this big, wide ocean, not even ocean, this big, wide mass of water. I've never seen this shit this big. I've never seen a boat. I've never seen white people like like this, dressed like you. And you want me to trust you to go and you got me chained up? Nah. So when they lose them chains, they was like, no, I'm going overboard. They probably didn't to them it wasn't suicide to them they're probably like I'm gonna swim back not knowing how far they were sometimes it's not even that you know what I realize that some people may not be thinking it's like the the mindset of certain people and certain cultures is that you know they want to die with honor that's all they don't mm-hmm. they don't want to die enslaved or in chains or like you know like the vikings or whatever of valhalla they'd be like you know you want to die with honor you want to die fighting you want to die with your sword in your hand and all that stuff that's the same mentality of most i'm I'm assuming most warrior tribes like i'm gonna go down fighting that's it like please to understand that i will never can you imagine to not allow someone to either break you or to allow someone to have you die by their hand, like you're removing that power from that person. They're just like, no, you caught me. That was one slip up. 
we're not mm-hmm. and like that takes bravery right to, to jump off into the ocean the ocean is it covers the majority of this planet like we have only tapped into five percent of the water that's on this planet mm-hmm. so imagine right you've never seen it before and you sailing across it and you decide i'd rather jump into the unknown than to face whatever these pale face people got for me right <laughs> That takes bravery to to be clear and quite honest. And it's crazy. It's cra- it's crazy to think that there was ever a slave trade or that there is a slave trade because, I mean, there's still sex trafficking and slavery going on today, but it's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's crazy. It is. And um, just to continue with the Danish West Indies, right? So clearly... The people in the Danish West Indies really wasn't having it, right? <laughs> <laughs> they was so, like, ah, we, we, we could overthrow them. That's it. Right, right. So now, after all of that, you know, another hundred years, whatever, after that um, insurrection, the Danish, they, you know, slavery is abolished or whatever. But then they had like, like how they had here, they had um, sharecropping and you know, stuff like that, you know, Jim Crow era, right? So in the Danish West Indies, they had like um, contracts, right? So now you're a contract worker. But the conditions were just as bad as when they were slaves. So what it was like as a contract worker, the Danes had like a, um, a contract day, right? Which was October 1st. And on contract day, if you felt like it's not working on this plantation, you can go to another plantation and enter into like a contract with that plantation owner. Well, 1878, the slaves was like, we tired of this shit. This ain't working for us. So, they gathered up to do a protest. Like, our conditions are horrible. We are no longer slaves and we cannot catch ourselves. This is ridiculous. I'm entering into contracts with you guys and I'm still living just as poor as if I was a slave. Like, come on, right? On contracts today. So that started a whole protest, right? The protest, when the protest started, people started fling torn. As people, as we were said, and start fling torn or throw stones at the Danish soldiers because they was like, "Nah, fuck this, fuck y'all, we tired. Y'all not about to police us, basically." So then start fling draw, fling stone, and then they barricaded themselves in the fort on the island, right? That was in the town. Mm-hmm. Now, during that time, right. They burnt down homes, sugar mills, business, about 50 plantation. Like, they was just burning stuff. Burning it, burning it, burning it, burning it. So this uprising is called fire burn, right? That is what they call it. Be a man church, sorry. <laughs> Facts. I mean, think about songs. You never know. It could have been that's what he was talking about. Good fire burn so this is considered to be the largest labor revolt in danish colonial history 
Well, the leaders of this uprisal, this revolt, were three women. Mary Thomas, Axeline Elizabeth Solomon, but they were called her Agnes, and Matilda McBean, right? They call them queens. So like in the Virgin Islands, they talk about like Queen Mary, Queen Matilda, Queen Agnes, like that's how they refer to them. Out of the three of them, the most famous one is Mary, right? I want to say she was the oldest of the three. She was about 40 when this started, had kids and all of that, right? And I just want to put it out there that she was born in Antigua and oh. then sent to, um, what you call it, sent to the Danish West Indies. Because when she was born, um, slavery was still around, you know what I'm saying, for them. So just putting that out there. And the youngest of the three was Matilda McBean. She was only like 15, 15, 16. Oh. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm listening. And it took the Danish government two weeks to get the uprising under control, right? A hundred black laborers died and about 900 acres of sugar plantation was destroyed. I know they cried. Listen. But get but this is the sweetest part. This sounds like some some stuff that we heard about like during the civil civil rights era. Four hundred people were arrested. And put where they must have had a really big prison because that's what I'm saying. Like, where did you put all these people? Twelve were sentenced to death. Right. Twelve were sentenced to death. But guess what? The three queens, right? They they were sent to prison in Copenhagen. <laughs> Isn't that South Africa? The Danes was like, nah, we're not keeping y'all in St. Croix. Y'all gonna come over here and go to prison over here. <laughs> yep. Wow. But it's crazy because it's like, oh, y'all gonna come to Copenhagen to go to prison, but then they went and finished this as there. That's crazy. But as you can see, a lot of these revolutionaries are women. Don't get me wrong. You have black revolutionaries especially in jamaica you have a lot of black revolutionaries during slavery time that people talk about all the time you know what i'm saying but to know that you have so many women in these uprisings whether they're being in the background like maria of curacao or up front like Brefu and mary and agnes and matilda you know yep like they were integral parts to these revolts. And that's why I have, that's why we have to call them bad man and bad gal. Not meaning like they're bad, like 
they they're doing the worst meaning like they they they're not take nothing from nobody then stand up for what is right i feel like my auntie would have been one of those right she would have probably been breathful for go kill the people and them first <laughs> you can look at your family today and be like yo i got some people in my family i feel like i feel like yeah they was cut from that same cloth right I mean, you never know these people did have extended families they they got cousins and brothers and sisters and whatever else they got. Right. So even if they may have died, I mean, a lot of them had children. If they may have died, that don't mean that their bloodline died. Right. Right. So, that is very true. You know. Very true. I wish it was a little bit easier to trace our ancestry, you know, further back. So you can see if you, you know, were related to our revolutionary. That's true, too. And, I mean, I don't want to forget, like, the ones who did stuff here as well. So, you know, I don't want to forget, like, Shirley Chisholm. She was born in Brooklyn, New York, but her her heritage is Guyanese and Bayesian. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's the first Black woman to run for president in the United States of America. As a Republican. And she is of Caribbean descent. That's to show you, like, we don't play. When we come in for something, we come in for something hard. Thanks. You know? And, and, um, and she like also, I mentioned she before. in Congress. Just... Right. She served in Congress. She she served in Congress. And she probably was like, nah, this ain't for me. I'm, I'm one bigger. Because I know I can do for my people. Now, the people of America may not have seen it at that time. You know what I'm saying? But she was ahead of her time, if you think about it. Yep. And the Democratic Party, they was like, yeah, go ahead. They supported her becoming the face of their party. You know? And um, I mentioned before, you know, Marcus Garvey. He he's Jamaican, but he came. He was born in Jamaica, but he came to he came to New York. And when he came to New York, he established the um the Harlem branch of his his organization UNIA, which stands for United Negro Improvement Association. Um, he was definitely for that Back to Africa movement. He was definitely a strong believer in that. Mm-hmm. You know, he believed in race separation. He did not want us to to um, desegregate. He wanted us to be separated. And he had relations with the Ku Klux Klan because he was like, yeah, I agree with you. Blacks need to be with blacks and whites need to be with whites. But not in the sense that the Ku Klux Klan wanted it, but in the sense that black people should have, have their own businesses black people should run their own towns black people should have their own you know way of governing for their people yep that's separate and different from how you guys govern you know like that was his thing he was president of the black star line shipping and passenger company that was the company that he was going to use let's all go back we gonna use we gonna get these ships and we all gonna go back to africa like that was his thing and then, of course, he got arrested for mail fraud, you know, 
government trumped up some charges. He went to jail for two years and then got deported back to Jamaica. And when he went back to Jamaica, he wasn't done. He started the People's Political Party in 1921, 1929, sorry, you know. And he was definitely ahead of his time. He, he ended up going to England. And while he was there, he was different than, you know, the people the activists that were in England at the time. Because like I said, he is all for separation. We don't need to integrate. We don't need to desegregate. We need our own. That was his thing. But he passed away in in um, London, England in 1940. But in 1964, his body was returned back to Jamaica and he is now reburied in um National Heroes Park located in Kingston, Jamaica. He is a revolutionary. And I mean, his ideas aren't really that far-fetched when you think about there were communities here in America doing exactly what he wanted them to do. Tulsa, Oklahoma. They just celebrated the 100 years of the riots you know what I'm saying? The Tulsa riots. But that was the type of city that Marcus Garvey was referring to. That was his vision right there. That right there, that was one of the cities doing that. Because there were many other cities doing that. But the problem was, when that black dollar is not circulating outside of the community, it's a problem. And that was the problem. Everything was in Tulsa. They had their own hospital. They had their own businesses, their own school system. Everything was there. Didn't they know. didn't have to go outside of that area to seek anything. And that was the issue. And that is what Marcus Garvey was like. We don't need to integrate. They don't want us to integrate. But then at the same time, they didn't want us to be separate. They want to keep under their thumb. They want us to keep right. us needing them. We don't need them. Right. If if you really, you know, boil it down. Because, I mean, they were flourishing. Literally. Very much so. It's just like, all right. Why couldn't you just leave that alone? Nope. They can't see people happy and left in day. At all. They must intervene. I just, I, I can't. I don't know. Child. I don't know. But... I'm telling you, I'll be, it be. I'll be Samuel Jackson. I'm the killer. <laughs> Not Woo! Samuel Jackson. Lord have mercy. Girl. But yeah. Girl. And another one, another one, I'm going to say this is the last one for now. The last person I'm going to talk about for now. Um, and that is Mr. Stokely Carmichael. Many people know him. Many people may not know who he is. But he is... Um, He was a leader for um, SNCC, which is the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. He was like one of the original Freedom Riders back in, what was that, 50s, 60s? Yeah. Um, okay. He is from Trinidad. Like he was born in Trinidad. He came here when he was 11. He lived in the Bronx. He went to Bronx um, High School of Science. That's the name of it, right? Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, Bronx High, High School of Science. He went there, but he was like 
he was big on black power. That was his thing. He is also um, credited for coining the term institutional racism Mm. back then. You know, he's also considered like an honorary prime minister to the Black Panther Party. He was trying, I know like early 60s, he was trying to have SNCC and Black Panther Party like not really join together, but be able to coordinate things together. But of course, you know, SNCC is more, SNCC is called the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Listen, Black Panthers weren't necessarily violent. They They weren't violent. They believed that they had the right to defend themselves, and they are not incorrect on that. Right. But of course... Other people out here, you know, with bow and arrows and guns and teaching their kids how to shoot at 10 years old, they believe the same things. But I'm just... Right. I digress. Right. And, you know, Black Panther Party, we could consider them being, like, the party that we would more see Marcus Garvey defending. You know what I'm saying? Right. Everything black all day, nothing else. We don't need to integrate or anything like that. So Stokely Carmichael, you know, also known as Kwame Toure, he took on that name later on. But he, you know, he's a noteworthy Caribbean bad man because he stood up for what was right. Being a freedom rider was not easy. Going to these very much so um, racist cities and sitting at their counters and, you know, helping people to register to vote while you're getting spit on and thrown out and beaten just because. That was not an easy task. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean... For me, kudos to him because I don't know if I could take anybody beating me like that. I know I can't take nobody spitting on me. It'd be the last day. Sound be the last the time last. I spit on anybody. The last. It might. It, I might not. I might get beat down. I'm telling you, but right. Don't have no teeth when I'm when I leave though, because I'm gonna be kicking and biting and doing all the most. I'm, I'm <laughs> child. You spit on my face. That's like you taught me tripping in my gut. That's not. No. Nope. Can't get with it. Can't get jiggy with it. Sorry. Right. Can't. Right. For one, and then he somewhere. ended up. He yeah. ended up on um the FBI's um Cointel Pro. You know. Of course he did. Yeah, he ended up on that list. So he was like, "Fuck it, I'm out." Went to Ghana and he lived there until his death. Well, I think he ended up in Guinea. But yeah, so those are some of our Caribbean bad men and bad gal. You know, just a little history because we don't learn about this stuff. At all. I mean, in St. Thomas, they do have a statue of somebody created a statue that that um they created it of the three queens. So it's Mary, Agnes, and Matilda, which was is very nice. I believe Antia has a prince class bust, like the head, mm-hmm. a small head. I believe we have one. But you know, these are things that we we need to celebrate because without their resistance to what was going on, who's to say that we wouldn't still be in chains? Right. 
because they really were like, no, this is wrong. Like, you are not going to do this to my people. What a history. We ain't saying it's all bad, but. No, it's not. It's really not. But, you know, we do have to remember the the bitter with the sweet. That's just how it is. Right. That's how it is. You got to know how bad it was to, you know, recognize and appreciate how good it is or can be or will be or whatever. Right. That is our history lesson for today. Thanks for joining me in class, guys. (laughs) We'll see y'all next week for our last installment for Caribbean Heritage Month. I can't believe the month is done. Like, wow. Next week is June 30th. That is the last day of the month. That is crazy. But thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you. And as always, be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And go dig into your history. Yes. I'm going to go dig up in there. I will I will repost some stuff from Know Your Caribbean so you guys can see where we got some of our information from. Yeah. And check out her page because it's very dope. It is. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye. Next week, same time, same place. Thanks for listening to Big Chat with Mola and Rini. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, it's Rini. Just wanted to let you know you can follow us on Instagram at Big Chat WMR and on Facebook at Big Chat with Mola and Rini. Check us out, Big Chat with Mola and Rini. Dropping every Wednesday at 8 p.m.